0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 172 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lucas Kayser as we break down our 2020 wide receiver free agents. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Yo, what up? Sky and Lucas back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids fantasy podcast and YouTube page. If you're listening to the podcast, you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, please do that at youtube.com slash the Candlestick Kids. And if you're on the YouTube page, go check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Lucas, what's up, man? How we doing?
0: I'm good today. We are joined by my clothes rack, um, limited space in the apartment. <laughs> so we got some viewers in the back, but we're good today.
1: Hey, man, we, you know, you got that life, whatever. We're, we're getting it done. That's all that matters. Right on, y'all. Well, the day you're listening to this is actually uh, my birthday. So, um, yeah, shouts out to uh, all the February 18th uh, birthday folks. Um, We are diving into the wide receiver free agents. If you haven't listened to the rest of our series yet, we had the quarterbacks and the running backs last week on Tuesday and Thursday. Make sure you check those out. And we're going to have the tight ends coming up on Thursday as well. And what we're doing here is we're just running down all the free agents, fantasy-relevant free agents, I should say, at the wide receiver position on this episode. And next episode, we will be doing the tight ends as well. Without any further ado, man, let's jump right into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got Amari Cooper. He's going to be really the tops of uh, all of the wide receiver free agents uh, on most boards this offseason. However, Jerry Jones would be a fool to let him go. Um, but there is a chance that he could technically leave, so let's just run through it just in case. Uh, Cooper set career highs in receiving yards and touchdowns and was just five receptions shy of his career high there in catches as well. And since coming over to Dallas from Oakland midway through 2018, Cooper has been a beast when healthy. That's the key there. Uh, He's got a great rapport with Dak Prescott already, who's about to get paid himself, and the Cowboys are throwing much more with O.C. Kellen Moore, uh, former Boise State quarterback, of course, in charge of the play calling. Um, They finally fired Jason Garrett, who is now with the Giants, and they have hired similar uh, head coach, old school style Mike McCarthy, uh, former Green Bay head coach, of course. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Moore is able to take the reins still with the play calling, uh, or if Mike McCarthy is able, you know, to kind of sink his teeth into that, which hopefully he doesn't. We mentioned on our previous podcast. Either way, Amari Cooper is a special talent, still just 26 years old when the season starts, and he'll be a second, uh, second, third-round pick in fantasy and in dynasty probably even earlier than that. Um, so I'm all over Amari Cooper. I think it's highly unlikely he leaves Dallas, but hypothetically, let's just cover it really quick. Uh, 79 receptions, 1,189 yards, and eight touchdowns last season. What do you think's going on with Amari Cooper?
0: Well, I'm going to come out and say he's a beast. Um, he's an overall talent. However, if you listen to the podcast this past season, I never really was on board. Just the way I play, I don't like buying into injuries when obviously they're unpredictable, unpredictable. Anyone can get injured, but obviously there's tendencies with players. And he was kind of boom or bust, not as much as other uh, big-name guys. But the Cowboys are sitting right around 73 mil in cap space. If I had to predict how much Dax can get paid – I think I would set it at about 35 mil. There's obviously that more that'll more that will go into it than just, like, subtracting 73 minus 35. But I, I'm thinking he's going to get it right around 35. There's no way they let Dak walk. Uh, we mentioned that on two episodes ago. We both agree he returns. They have a decision to make. They got Byron Jones, Amari Cooper, and Blake Jarwin's rest- circuit free agent but they're going to need a tight end because jace witten's also a free agent so they kind of have to choose from one of them to sort of lock up for the long term for the rest of their career and i i wish we knew more at the time because there really hasn't been anything besides just the back talk so i i think they might tag him just because he does get injured quite a bit he hasn't like been dominant for a whole season with them type thing they might be able to like kind of play the money a little bit on him but ultimately I think since he is the big name receiver in this class I think he walks um wow. to where that is I don't know because I don't know what teams are gonna choose him over the rookie receivers um teams that need like a true alpha like big dog receiver um Colts the Niners do but I don't think they want to um I mean it's just the way Shanahan runs his offense he has Kittle and Debo and he'll just work in little guys here and there he doesn't need a big name receiver uh the eagles need one however i don't think he signs in conference um I, there's like, in, co- in conference or in division in division yeah, in conference um patriots eh, kind of need one like it's there's a lot of teams that could use one truly um i think the team that would make the most sense is the raiders but he's not going to go back there by any means um so if I had to pick one spot, I think the Colts, I think they this year is the year they spend their, spend their cap space um, like we've kind of highlighted in past episodes. Um, I think I predicted Derek Henry for them if I don't remember off the top of my yeah. head. But I think, yeah, I think the Colts would make the most sense um, pairing him with TY for the last three years of TY's career. I don't know, two or three years of TY's career, maybe getting a quarterback in there and trying to push for the playoffs. But um, where do you think ultimately? He, we're not making the most sense, but –
1: yeah, honestly, I don't think he leaves Dallas at all. If I was mm-hmm. going to say that he did, and then I had to predict where he was going to go. Um, I think the 49ers make sense. Uh, they just need a big alpha receiver, although you're right. They do have some young bucks. They got your boy, E. Sanders. They got Deba, who came on strong. They also have Pettis, who just completely disappeared this year. He should yep. be back healthy. Uh, they have Jalen Hurd as well, who's kind mm-hmm. of a nice, um, huge body, but he's also kind of a utility guy elsewhere. Kittle, of course, and some other options. Uh, Kendrick Bourne came on. Niners are pretty set. I don't mean know if they need to spend that money that um, yeah. in that spot another couple names here um the bills uh, the cardinals the jaguars and the jets uh we're going to talk about robbie anderson in a bit but he could leave town and Mark cooper could p- potentially um fill in there for um sam Darnold. i think that'd be a good match there um eagles i am with you they def- desperately need a big dog uh, receiver yeah. but i don't see them trading in division um either I-, I think that's a good call on your part the bills i think could definitely use some help um all of their receivers are under six feet, so that would help a little bit. Uh, and then the Jags have a, a plethora of receivers, so I don't know that they go out and get a Marty Cooper, yeah, but they definitely they don't have don't the have, money. They don't have the money, and they haven't had someone really step up. I think um, the Cardinals could be interesting, too, if he were to go somewhere yeah. else. The Patriots are always in there. They have no help at wide receiver, at least, you know, polished outside of Julian Edelman, who's getting old, and we know that he is kind of a – uh, a, a one-trick pony, a little bit. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens if Amari were to leave. Ultimately, though, I just don't think he does. So I, I think this conversation is a, is a conversation piece because I think he's the biggest name in wide receiver free agency yeah. this season. However, I just don't. I think it's probably going to be for not uh, in a couple of weeks yeah. when free agency really kicks off.
0: It'll be, I don't know. It's tough because he's so good, but he hasn't done anything. You know what I'm saying? Like he's so good we've seen how good he is. But he hasn't been able to piece that together and really make this like a big, huge market for him. Because teams like the Cardinals, I thought about that the other day. That makes huge sense. But why would they not pass on CeeDee Lamb at pick eight? or You know what I'm saying? Like this, when you say a team, you see so many factors as to why he wouldn't, where normally it's like, oh, they need a receiver. They're going to go after him. And this year with how deep the class is, it kind of makes it interesting because who knows, maybe all these guys sign to the receiver needy teams and then the teams that won't draft a receiver in the draft. Um, there's a lot of implications for sure on it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I I don't know if I want him to leave, but I think it might be better for him in the long term. But I don't know. I could see a little Devontae adams as player with Mike McCarthy, which would be kind of cool in the red zone. But it'll be interesting. I
1: I totally agree, man. I think it's somebody that would potentially get uh, peppered. Um, another team I just have, just kind of thought about that would be nasty, which they wouldn't do but uh, the Packers could use some help um, on the other side of – Get him like a four-year
0: uh, <laughs> deal, I mean, they
1: could. Oh, man, that could be nasty. But, uh, all right, we'll see what happens. I, ultimately, I think, uh, I think Amari stays. Uh, what do you think happens ultimately with Amari Cooper?
0: Uh, if I had to, like, lay a bet or lay money, like, staking my claim, I think he's going to leave just because I think the Cowboys – I don't know. I don't think, I know Jerry Jones makes the decisions, but there's so many other voices in there that are going to tell him to save some cap. I think they can't just, I mean, you saw what they did. They invested it all and they got eight wins. Now they're stuck in this position. I don't think he's going to dig deeper in that hole. So I'm I'm going to go with the Colts. I think they spend the money this year. They've obviously been saving it for a reason. And uh, if you listen to our quarterbacks episode tomorrow for rookies, I have, I've been finding a new destination for one of those quarterbacks. So we'll see what the Colts can do.
1: I think the Colts would be a great fit, too, depending on their uh, quarterback situation. Of course, there's many moving parts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, maybe Philip uh, Rivers, maybe Jameis Winston, a rookie, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of different options there for Indianapolis, and that could work out. Uh, I love Mike Gallup. We're not going to get into Michael Gallup right now. I already love him anyway. If Amari Cooper were to leave somehow, Michael Gallup shoots awesome. way, up, way oh. up my rankings. All right, let's move on here. Uh, another Tier 1 receiver, A.J. Green, of course. Um, he did not play in 2019. He had a mirage of – uh, lower body injuries and setbacks—foot, ankle, hamstring—he's been dealing with a couple the last few years. Uh, every season he's played 16. He's been a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Dude's a beast, of course. Um, Green missed half of 2018 and all of 2019 with foot and ankle injuries, as well as a lingering hamstring issue. Uh, he's been an absolute stud when healthy for his entire career in Cincinnati, reaching seven Pro Bowls in nine seasons. However, those injuries have caught up to him as of late the last couple of years, missing 23 of a possible 32 games, doing reverse math there. He's only played nine games in that period. In 2017, his last full season, A.J. Green had 75 catches, 1,078 yards, and eight touchdowns, with average Andy Dalton at his quarterback. The Bungles have the first pick of the 2020 NFL draft and are almost certainly uh, going to take Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow, also the Uh, national champion LSU quarterback Um, if they do I think which they should um, AJ Green would be a perfect season vet to help Burrow uh, with a big target down in the red zone and help him down the field um, in that air raid offense with Zach Taylor that we didn't quite see yet last year Um, that said uh, Taylor has already expressed that signing Green is a priority for the Bengals uh, this offseason but you know he could potentially get a, a you know trade request for somebody else. He could release him, try to get some of that cap open. Uh, if he does leave, like Amari Cooper, plenty of teams will be looking for him. He's an All-Pro. Uh, he's perennial Pro Bowlers. I mentioned potentially still in his prime at only 32, which isn't that old for receivers. Um, wherever AJ land, uh, AJ Green lands, you could sign me up. He's probably a fourth or fifth round pick with the injury concerns for fantasy owners, um, especially those that got burned by him last year. Uh, I certainly did. Um, I'll take the risk though on the potential upside. And again, um, I got him last year with the preseason. I got him like the seventh and eighth round in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. Of course he didn't play and that was a hole in my roster. However, if he falls again to five, six, seventh round, cause people aren't sure or if he leaves whatever, and you get that kind of value again, still worth the risk um, for me, because he is a top 10 receiver when healthy. So um, I love AJ green. I do think he leaves. I'll go over my picks in a little bit, but I'll, I'll let you speak on him real quick. Uh, Adrian Green is one of my favorite receivers in the NFL period. Um, What do you think happens with him in 2020?
0: Yeah. So kind of like Amari Cooper, I think two things with him. I think one, cause he is older and there's more set in stone injury concerns. The prediction or outlook for him is easier as much kind of weird as that seems. It's kind of easier to think what team might go get him. So like you mentioned, it's pretty set in stone. They're getting Joe Burrow. Um, As much as I don't know if that's the right pick, we're not going to get into that. I think that that's what they need to do. They need to get Joe Burrow. And if AJ Green does not want to return to Joe Burrow with Zach Taylor, they're going to be losing and throwing the ball. The only other two teams I could see him going to are, well, Aaron Rodgers to the Packers or Tom Brady, wherever that may be in New England or we'll say the Raiders, because that's kind of came up. I think either one of those would be a perfect fit for him. I think with that, if he were were to, um, say, get a – $10 $10 million offer from the Patriots. I don't think the Bengals would match it. I think they're just let him go because they have so many more holes to fix because they could easily run with John Ross, Auden Tate, and Tyler Boyd, um, and Joe Mixon. So I think they're not necessarily like desperate to get him back, but I think it's definitely, uh, yeah, it would be huge for um, Joe Burrow. Um, I don't know. If I had a pick, I'm going to go Pats or Packers or, Pats or, or Packers or Brady, let's put Tom Brady, whoever he's at, Raiders or Patriots. I just think that he's going to get... He might even get the higher contract out of Cooper um, and him just because it's going to be a shorter deal, made more money guaranteed up front. But I really hope he's able to put together a season or maybe the final two seasons because I think he's earned it for sure. Um, like we said, injuries are unpredictable and it just was an unfortunate season for him. Um the continuous AJ Green's coming back week four, he's coming back week eight, all that stuff just kind of, I don't know, kind of hurt his reputation, I think, and made people realize um, or forget – how good he actually is. So I hope for his sake and fantasy sake that he can play a full season next year, two years, three years, wherever that may be.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, earlier on in the, in the free agency, I, I thought it was a lock that he would stay um, in Cincinnati. He's been a lifer there so far. I think it would be great for, or whoever the new quarterback is, uh, or maybe they go elsewhere with the Bengals. We never know what the draft technically, um, but maybe, Andy stays there or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now though, I just, I think there's too many other options for him. Um, I I don't think he's at the end of his career by any means, unless the injuries take over age wise, I think he'd be just fine. Um, But I do think the Patriots, the 49ers, the Raiders, as you mentioned, getting Brady and AJ green, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility with them moving to Vegas and wanting to make a splash. Um, Of course, they tried the Antonio Brown experiment uh, last year, both of them, actually the, the Patriots and the Raiders. We all know how that ended up. But I think, nonetheless, they both need a big-time receiver. I think you're right and hit the hit the nail on the head that I think A.J. Green also makes more money in his contract than mm-hmm. uh, Amari Cooper. But Amari Cooper should get a longer-term deal. So yes. I think that's kind of an exactly, yeah. average uh, thing. So um, that being said, I think he does leave. I think the Patriots is a great fit. Uh, but him going to the Raiders with Tom Brady I think also makes sense. But, again, man, I think the Niners uh, would be – an awesome fit too, with him being a seasoned veteran 10 years older than the rest of <laughs> the rest of those guys yeah. outside of Emmanuel Sanders. I think he would be a good fit. Ultimately, I, I just think he adds to a contending team right away that needs to fill that roster spot. Yep. And, um, I, I really just hope that he gets, he gets a chance because, um, he should be on better teams and the Bengals just haven't been, uh, yeah. I think they will be moving forward. Cause I got some promise young, uh, younger players, but um, I hope AJ Green moves on. There's a couple of other teams, you know, Redskins, Ravens could use uh, receivers as well. But um again, I think the Patriots Raiders and 49ers would be runners for
0: me. Yeah. it's He's just, he bullies corners whenever he plays, like the talents, everything's there. And like you said, if you can get them in the seventh round next year, maybe, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen unless he maybe gets like injured again, but I think even like the third rounds of steel, because he's locked and loaded. If you go RB RB receiver, like he's locked in a thousand yards, eight plus touchdowns, no matter what team he's playing on, just because of the usage by far. So, yeah, I agree. I think we'll see how it comes, um, free agency and the draft, or whatever team he falls on, and kind of how that projects out for the season. But totally, man. Whatever. We uh, yeah.
1: yeah, we just we just had a uh, you know our team, which we'll get into later on. I won't disclose any of the information about it yet. But our team just had an in-house uh, mock draft. Um, our first of the season just trying to see where people fall and stuff and in the first three rounds AJ Green wasn't chosen so um there's definitely I think I think he's gonna fall to the fourth or fifth like I said last year we were having a similar conversation um uh, before he got re-injured and I think I got him in the seventh or the eighth
0: you know it makes sense though like I so, wasn't drafting him anywhere just because like I was like I said I don't like drafting injury prime receivers um that early but but if you think about it, you draft in a hits, you know how many leagues you're going to win. Like, how many, Like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you got to take a chance every once in a while. And that's a huge hit for that one year. 100%
1: agree. 100, and you got to think, too, when you're doing drafts, you think about where AJ Green's going to fall. Say he falls like the sixth round. What are the other sixth round receivers that you're going to get there?
0: Yeah, exactly. They all have question
1: marks. So why not take the guy who could be, you know, top, top, you know, 10 uh, should he? hit his stride. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you there. Uh, let's move on. And we have, let's see, uh, your boy here, Um uh, Emmanuel Sanders, um, of course come up a little bit short. Uh, you know, Hey, I'll get into a Jimmy's throw here in just a second, but, uh, Emmanuel Sanders last year, uh, for the 49ers, of course, um, 66 receptions, Overall, with the Broncos and the 49ers, 66 receptions, 869 yards, five touchdowns. He will be 33 when the season starts, So he and A.J. Green, similar age there. Uh, E. Sanders shocked everyone except for Lucas probably with a bounce back. Off that torn Achilles, suffered in 2018. A lot of people thought his uh, career was over, and he came back and had a stellar season for the 49ers. He was traded from Denver to the Niners midseason and helped the Niners get to the Super Bowl. Uh, His numbers aren't massive but considering his bounce back from a potentially career ending injury, uh, the fact was that the 49ers were a run first team and Sanders, the 2019 campaign was quite impressive. All said and done, he still has gas in the tank and would only improve with a full season of Shanahan's offense. I still think he stays in San Francisco ultimately as they do need a number one receiver. If it's not going to be an Amari Cooper and AJ green um, and Debo Samuel and George Kittle uh, will definitely be the main attention getters, of course, from the defense. And I think that can only help out uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who should be the top option there. Um, He can play anywhere on the field, so I think he'll definitely have a job wherever he goes. And if it wasn't for Jimmy G's overthrow of five yards, he catches a walk-in touchdown and the Niners win the Super Bowl. So I think Emmanuel Sanders definitely has plenty left in the tank. Um, I do think he stays with the 49ers, but, again, we bring up the same team's uh, the Patriots could use them right away. The, the Raiders, uh, there's a couple other options there. But ultimately, I think uh, they keep Emmanuel Sanders in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with um, the just overall game. He's really just – not that he has to put up numbers, but just thinking like your overall wide receiver two is Emmanuel Sanders versus some rookie you just drafted. I think that's just a huge boost for the team in general. Um, as much as I want him to come back to the Broncos, which I don't think is out of the possibility – uh, if they draft a receiver at 15, maybe be like, hey, will you come back for two years? We can see what we can do type thing. But I think he does return to the Niners. Um, I don't – I didn't like – I mean, I follow him on Twitter, but obviously don't learn much there. But I would have to think he mentored that receiver group pretty well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I would think. Like, and then if you give him a whole offseason to mentor, well, Debo, Jalen Hurd, who I think is just as – not just as good as Debo, but can be just as useful as Debo. Pettis is a beast. He just – I don't even know what happened last year. And He's hurt. Yeah, even Kittle, like even mentoring Kittle just to like be, kind of become that next mentor. I think Kittle's already there, but you could just give him some more advice. Um, Obviously, Sanders has the resume of what every NFL player kind of wants. So I think he definitely has it all. I think Sanders, I think we will know early kind of where he's going. Um, I just don't think he's going to mess around with that. I think he kind of is going to have that in place before because he is old. Um, He's definitely not going to be playing much longer. Um, he'll still be on my wall, though, no matter when he retires or not. He still never tweeted back at me, but that we'll get. We want to talk about that. Um, I I think Niners, but I would love a Broncos reunion, even though I think we're way behind the Niners in terms of a Super Bowl ready team uh, right now. But if you'd want to stay for three years, maybe by then we'd be able to take that next step in the final season.
1: I dig it. I do think he. Uh, I do think he stays, but again, you know, a lot of these guys move last minute, so we'll see what happens. And maybe it's a package deal with somebody else for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, let's get into Robbie Anderson. Um, another, another tricky name here. I think this is somebody that uh, has has not quite hit the stride that uh, you know fantasy uh, and, uh, analysts and, and owners have expected yet. I think a lot of it had to do with the Jets being the Jets, Sam Donald being hit um, and hurt and young, and uh, also just you know the coaching there and, and Robbie Anderson's own injuries. So uh, Robbie Anderson, fifty two receptions, seven hundred seventy nine yards, five touchdowns. He'll be twenty six. Uh, when the season gets started. And like the rest of the Jets' offense, Anderson was set up for failure when Adam Gase came over from Miami and Sam Darnold went down with mono. And to add insult to injury, their backup was Trevor Simeon, old Bronco, of course, he broke his leg. (laughs) And the offense never really had an identity in 2019 when they were forced to feed on Bell because they paid him way too much money. Um, But that didn't work. So, and on, their offensive line was terrible. They were getting blown up, constantly stunting Le'Veon's patient running style. And that was definitely my concern in the preseason um, and my reason for telling people to fade Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but as for Robbie, he's a deep threat still in the league. Uh, you know, similar to, to Sean Jackson in his prime. And Sam Donald is definitely the real deal here in just 23 uh, when the season starts himself. So he's still growing into his prime. Um, it'd be best for Anderson and the Jets uh, if he were to leave. So, you know, as fantasy owners cross your fingers that he does, uh, the Raiders among others have shown interest already this off season. So that might be a, a quick fix for them. Um, he's been bogged down with the jets for numerous uh, reasons in his first four seasons. Um, and he basically just needs a fresh start somewhere else with a new scheme, a new, uh, you know, coach, I think uh new abilities there and just get, get out of there. So, um, I definitely think he can surpass a thousand receiving yards and if he leaves the jets, um, I think that happens this year and, and uh, just to name a few landing spots for Anderson's uh, deep threat capabilities to play on the other side. So if he's not a number one, I think he would be one of the best number twos in the league. And I think he could play alongside and be a great contribution to Michael Thomas uh, in new Orleans, of course, Christian Kirk in Arizona, Kenny Galladay with Detroit, um, T Y Hilton in Indianapolis, Joan Edelman in new England and Tara McLaurin in Washington um, as all of them could use a running mate. So, I think he definitely leaves um, New York. And if it's not an immediate send over to the Raiders who have already been in touch with him, uh, I think he'll, he'll find a good landing spot, but I really hope he goes to one of these teams who already have a bona fide number one, make a number two. Both of them are going to rise and that quarterbacks going to flourish as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's gone. Um, I just think for his sake, as much as I think the jets have potential more um, well, the team has potential, I'm um, guess is not uh, two completely different things. Terrible. I think Robbie Anderson Uh, I don't want to say he knows he's good, but we definitely saw last year that he is a stud. Um, He is a downfield stretcher. He is everything the Packers wanted MVS to be. Um, So that's why he's going to go to the Packers, I hope, if they don't hit on one of the big uh, A.J. Green. Actually, if they don't hit on A.J. Green, we'll say that because I think the Packers are going to ultimately add someone at pick 29, I believe. I think a guy like Justin Jefferson or Somehow, if Rager falls that father, far, they're definitely going to get someone there. But I think Robbie Anderson will be a good, like, eight mil, nine mil spot throw because I don't think he expects to be a wide receiver one just because of his skill set. He's tiny, he's not very good off the line, but he's just a downfield bomber, which is ultimately what they need, which is what the Raiders need. I'm shaking my table. Um, they had Tyrell Williams, but he was spotty, but they got Hunter Run for under the center. Um, they got Darren Wall, Waller in the middle they just missing that one guy. However, I don't think he's that true wide receiver one like I mentioned and that's kind of like what the Raiders are looking for. So I don't know their plan on if they're trying to get him and another guy kind of package. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I don't know how high his value can go in fantasy. Um, I don't want to because I feel like it might go too high just based off the change in landing spots. I don't even know if I'll have much shares of him. I have a lot of dynasty shares just because he's kind of young. So I'm hoping Packers, um, but like I said, the Patriots could easily make a splash. Raiders have a few of Um, I don't know. Like, I think uh, the Broncos could just because they needed a speedy receiver. Like, there's a lot of teams that need a speedy receiver, but I think the Packers, especially last year after the whole MVS and Geronimo Allison ordeal, I think they are going to be front-runners for him.
1: Yeah, I like it. And, and Washington even maybe, too, which is kind of random. We don't talk about them a lot in, in a fantasy, but, you know um... – they're going to be chugging downfield and Terry McLaurin's a beast, but he's not that burner guy. So, um, you know, I was kind of thinking the Colts would be a good move. However, TY is kind of already that guy. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of different landing spots for uh, Robbie Anderson's skill set. So we'll see what happens. Ultimately, I think he just, he just gets out of New York and and starts fresh and I think he'll be a, a good asset. I mean, he's a guy that the Niners could look at as well.
0: Could, yeah. um, for a
1: deep burner too so the patriots also if tom or whoever can get the ball down the field that far um i think he'll be just fine you know we, we did show at the end of last season i mean he was he was starting to hit his stride finally with yep. sam Darnold coming back healthy and him healthy too so um we'll see what happens with uh, with robbie anderson i think he's a good fantasy asset i agree with you i think he'll get a little too excited uh when he changes positions but i am going to be hesitant to draft him yep so let's jump into our last uh, last name here for the YouTube channel. Um, this is going to be the last name uh, for the YouTube episode. We'll continue through for the podcast. So uh, make sure you're tuning into our podcast wherever you listen to them. And uh, um, also podcast folks, of course, tune over to YouTube as we just got started a few episodes ago again. And uh, leave us a comment and subscribe and all that and let us know how we're doing so far. Our uh, last name here. Uh, this is a tricky one, man. Brashad Perryman. So there's two mindsets here. Either you're thinking, This guy has been terrible his whole career. He got a chance because the two of the best receivers in the league got hurt and Jameis was throwing 5,000 yards, so he lucked out. That's how I feel. You could also be feeling that this guy just finally um, got an opportunity, showed what he can do with it, and he's going to get paid and go elsewhere. I don't necessarily feel that way. I've got a big, long bio, and for sake of time, I'm going to just shave it down to a bunch. I'm going to post this, of course, uh, up on Instagram and whatnot, so you can read the whole bio if you want to get into it. But essentially – Rashad Perryman had 36 catches, 645 yards and six touchdowns. He'll be 27 when the season starts. And he's a former first rounder from UCF. He's only been in the league for four seasons, but he's played for three different teams. That's the Ravens, the Browns, and now the Buccaneers. After three underwhelming seasons with the Ravens and the Browns, everything broke right for Perryman in Tampa Bay. In the final five weeks, just five weeks in Tampa Bay, um, he – Absolutely got the chance of a lifetime, really, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both going down for the rest of 2019. And with Jamison – Jamison – I should have – Jamison Crowder, I was going to say. Jamison throwing a caution to the win for 5,000 yards. Um, He won fantasy leagues with a free agent pickup uh, just before the fantasy playoffs. He racked up 32 targets, 11 receptions, 139 yards, and one touchdown from weeks 1 to 12. After that, though, he – um absolutely crushed for 37 targets 25 receptions 506 yards and five touchdowns including three consecutive 100 plus yard games to end the season um Rashad perryman had the skill we saw him do very well with the tampa bay buccaneers but nobody thinks he might be he'll, he should be the number three he probably will be depending on humphreys and all that um But, you know, when Evans and Godwin are right, they're definitely one and two, and they are definitely the focus for Jameis Winston. Now, a couple things, I'll get your reply here, Lucas, in a second. A couple things, if Jameis leaves, this offense could be totally different. They could have somebody else. Someone else might have preference. We've seen Jameis hyper-target Godwin, hyper-target Evans. Those guys were out, so then it was Perryman. We'll see what happens. They might get a running back situation fixed up. Arians might change things, whatever. There's a lot of moving parts here. Another guy we're probably talking about too much because he may not be relevant. However, if he were to leave Tampa Bay, he might get another chance. If these guys go down again, you saw what could happen here. So maybe a deep round sleeper. Rashad Perryman I think has promise, but I'm trying not to get too into recency bias over the last month of the season.
0: I think wherever he goes, I don't think it's going to matter for fantasy. Um, I don't know. I just, it's going to be, Robbie Anderson's going to be the first burner off the board. The next one, if you're – I'm just going to throw in some rookies because I think they are much better than Perriman. Henry Ruggs, K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins even. Like, there's just so many – no one's going to go out there and miss on Robbie Anderson and be like, oh, crap, got to throw eight mil at Rashad Perriman. They're just going to go to the draft where there's 20 receivers that are NFL ready this year. I think ultimately the Bucks need to bring him back just for their sake as a football program. Um, I think – just having that third receiver with the talent he does, because he is talented that it just you don't have to worry about it. Like if you have those guys locked up for three years, like cool. You guys go build your chemistry. We're gonna go work on our running back and our cornerback situation. Like go oh, like you look at all the championship team, like the Patriots, they have like six receivers I can all play and they never have to worry about it. And I'm like, even if they're all mediocre, it doesn't matter. It just works. I could see the Packers if they do go to the draft and get a I could see them getting him and then going and getting a big-name receiver, maybe, like, trading up to get one of, like, the Henry Ruggs guys or T. Higgins or something, or even if one falls. But ultimately, I think he should just be the Bucks' backup plan. Some Broncos rumors are popping up, and I wouldn't be opposed, but I don't want that to discount our finding of a wide receiver, too, uh, in the mm-hmm. draft. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter for fantasy purposes. Um, yeah, where he goes, I just can't see anything being – Well, nothing's going to be as better as it was those five weeks of the end of the season last year, but I just don't see where he could sustain enough targets for the type of player he is to be a weekly guy. If
1: Perryman were to leave, where do you think he would fit?
0: Packers best fit, but I don't think they're going to – if they're going to go for a free agent burner, they're going to get Robbie. They're going to make it happen. Ultimately, I could see Eagles upgraded. Nelson Aguilar, who's also a free agent. Colts could make sense. Um I don't know. I, there's some teams that would make sense that I just don't think you are going to do it, like the Bills, maybe the Ravens, like people like that. They're just I don't think they would do it. So if I had to lay my hat on one team, I'd say Packers, if no, Anderson, or I'd go Eagles probably.
1: Cool. I like both of those as well. Well, that's going to do it for the YouTube channel. So YouTube folks, we'll catch you next time. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and leave a comment. Let us know what you think about our free agent breakdowns and make sure you tune on to the podcast as well, wherever you're listening so that you can uh, hear the rest of our breakdown and podcast folks. We'll keep going here in just a second. We have up next Randall Cobb. So Randall Cobb feels like he's about 40, uh, but he's still young ish um as far as wide receivers go a couple injury-laden years in Green Bay he had a nice season as a third option in Dallas to test the market and see what he can get I think is a top you know slot option um but uh, again I think <clears throat> I think he'll stick around with a uh, former head coach in Green Bay Mike McCarthy coming into Dallas as I mentioned earlier so uh, they had an eight-year relationship there with the Packers I still think that Cobb Stays in Dallas and he's a compliment to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So I think they're pretty set up. And and the Cowboys are one of the most talented offenses in the NFL, um, on paper at least. Randall Cobb last year, um, 55 receptions, 828 yards, three touchdowns, and will be 30 this season. Do you think, I mean, we talked about Amari Cooper, of course, Byron Jones, Dak Prescott, they got a lot of moving parts. Do you think Randall Cobb falls into Jerry Jones' wallet as well?
0: Um, well, I think O'Brien Cooper leaves. So I think Cooper or Cobb stays. Um, it just makes sense. But I think if they do retain Cooper, they're not going to waste money on Cobb. They'd rather just have some random, I don't know. They're not going to waste the five mil that Cobb's going to want for a two year deal. Um, but I think that him going back to Green Bay would make sense. Um, if they could get a combo like AJ Green and him, I think that'd be super deadly. However, the whole like Mike McCarthy. Like, there's no reason why he'd go back to Green Bay because McCarthy's in Dallas, but I think that would just be someplace cool to go. But I don't think – I think Cowboys and Packers, really, I don't know what team would kind of go after. They'd just work with what they have. So, since I think Cooper leaves, I think Cobbs is going to stay there.
1: I totally agree. I think Randall Cobb stays there as well, and I think uh, McCarthy knows how good he was there um, in, uh, in Green Bay, so I think he'll be just fine. Let's move on to Nelson Aguilar, uh, someone that you mentioned as well. These are kind of tier three, tier four guys, uh, just deep. These are deep on your roster, but I want to run through uh, all the fantasy relevant guys at least here for the rest of the podcast. So Nelson Aguilar, 39 receptions, 363 yards, three touchdowns, just 26 years old. Um, He had a rough 2019 with injuries and drops. um, And the entire Philadelphia receiving core was really rough (laughs) this year. It seems like it's been that way since, Um, Carson Wentz came on board. He's had his own injuries as well, so the Eagles haven't quite met their potential uh, yet. Um, Injuries struck the whole unit, and Aguilar ended up missing five games with a knee injury. He had just uh, two of his best years in 2017 and 18 and was seemingly about to hit a stride, amassing 90 plus targets, 60 plus receptions, 700 plus receiving yards, and uh, four touchdowns at least in both of those seasons. Uh, but he had his lowest output in three years with 69 targets, 39 receptions, 363, and three touchdowns, as I mentioned, 2019. Uh, after five years in Philadelphia, it's likely that Aguilar's out. Um, looks like they've already said that bringing him back is is unlikely, so he probably will be on the move there. Um, he was a first pick back in 2015 out of USC. Definitely big playability. We've seen that uh, with him down the stretch. I think he moves on, no question about it. However, we keep mentioning how – Badly, the Eagles need receivers. Alshon Jeffrey's hurting too. Um, Arthego Whiteside, uh, we thought was going to be much bigger presence as a rookie, but he was injured also. There's a lot of moving parts of Philadelphia at the wide receiver position. El- Nelson Aguilar is probably out the door. But uh two questions, I guess. What do you think happens to the Aguilar, and then what do you think the Eagles are going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I said I don't think Aguilar gets the vi- the the market value that. He should have a couple of years ago. I think, um, he's just, I don't know, just not some guys just aren't NFL talents where they are in college. they just can't really get over that hump. And I think he's just okay. He's never going to be a wide receiver two. He's just going to be wide receiver three. There's been some rumors about the Broncos from like the guys that like write about the Broncos all season, like some pretty reliable sources. And I wouldn't be opposed, but like I said, I just don't want that to discount us getting our future wide receiver two. um, I know. I mean, that's just a whole, like, business football standpoint. I just hope they don't think he's going to, like, turn it back on because he's 27, you said. Did you see how old he was? 26. Yeah, so he's just not – I mean, he could turn it back on, but he's very unlikely. So, I think he leaves – I think he lands on a team, like, a third wave, like we said last time. Like, he's just going to be one of those guys they sign if they miss for super cheap. For the Eagles, I think they draft a receiver at their first rounder, no doubt. I think they get T. Higgins or Chenault kind of a, a stereotypical, like, wide receiver one in the NFL. I think they do add someone in free agency. I'm kind of interested to see if they go big because, I mean, they could get Cooper by all means. They have the cap space to do it. I don't know. I just don't – I kind of want to see if they're going to go big and then maybe try and draft someone or if they're going to go a couple small guys and try and draft someone because who knows if Jeffrey's going to play a full season next year. Do they believe in us like white And they still have the two tight ends, which they should be out there every single play. Um, I don't know. They're such a good team, but they're just always figuring things out, it seems. Like they just happened to click that one time with Nick Foles. But I feel like they can never put it together. And if they could put it together, that division's so bad. They'd win that division 10, 20 years in a row.
1: It's going to be interesting, man. They need a lot of help. Uh, They need a lot of help. And they need to to help out uh, Wentz while they have this – this window I guess of opportunity I know Wentz is very young but um, he's had a lot of injuries too man so we'll see what happens if he were to move on I think the Patriots Saints Bills uh, skins maybe in the division could be potential landing spots Uh, let's move on to a big body here who never really got going uh, in 2019 that's Devin Funchess just three catches 32 yards Um, he was hurt of course in the first game of the season here just 25 still for Funchess um, he played just one game before breaking his collarbone and being placed on IR in 2019. His first season with Indianapolis was a bust, of course. Um, and I don't see it getting much better if Percet remains the quarterback for the Colts. Um, of course, just talk about Jameis, Phillip Rivers, some other people coming in potentially to the Colts. All that could change. But Funchess' career year was in 2017 uh, with the Panthers at Cam Newton, of course. 63 catches, 840 yards and eight touchdowns. He's a huge target, 6'4", 225 um, but not particularly fast and T Y is the main target in Indy. Of course, uh, it doesn't make any sense for the Colts to bring back punches in 2020 as they didn't really get any return on their investment in 2019. And they have four quality options in T Y, uh, T Y Hilton, Marcus Johnson, Zach Paschal, and potentially Paris Campbell, uh, all set in the new regime for, um, uh, the Colts. They also have a bunch of running backs. They potentially have a new quarterback. They're going to have uh, Jack Doyle as well. Um, so, the only way I see Indianapolis retaining uh, David Funches is if they get rid of Eric Ebron, which we'll talk about on the next episode he's also a, a free agent, um, and it looks likely he 's out uh, of Indianapolis, so um, they need a big body in the red zone, and Funches could definitely be it, but Jack doyle's six six Pascal's six two and um, you know they could they could fill that void i don 't think they need to worry about Funches, um, who I never thought was that good in, in uh, Carolina anyway, but he's huge. Um, and he was a lot better than De- or, um, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. So I think yeah. it may have may have looked a little bit better than he actually is. Um, but uh, just, I don't know. I, I think Devin Funches would actually be a nice add to the Patriots um, just because, you know, they could use a a veteran who's still young and um, huge uh, that would help out there with lack of tight end and, and bigger receivers there. So I'm just not excited about Devin Funches. However, like many, many players, if he lands in the right spot and gets a, a reboot, he could definitely have promise. I'm just not super excited about him.
0: Yeah, I think you – I was surprised you actually said it. I don't know if you're going to think about it. But if Ebron walks, I think he just signs back just to have that extra red zone presence. Um, Pascal is good. However, I don't know if they're going to invest in Pascal, like, as their full-time wide receiver two for the future. Um, as much as I wanted my boy last year uh, for a couple of weeks to do that uh, – we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they do it because he's good, but I think they're going to get Funchess back if Ebron walks just to, uh kind of how that offense is ran. Like you look at, oh gosh, Mo Alley Cox at their backup tight end. That man's out there catching touchdowns. Not that he's bad, but he's just huge. He's just a red zone threat. Um, so I think they're going to, if they bring in a rookie quarterback, I think they're just going to build around him, kind of like, sort of what the Broncos did just kind of built a foundation around them and it worked Like It's going to work. It's going to work in the future. So I think it's something to be said about the way you bring in a rookie quarterback. They're kind of building that around them. I like the Patriots. Um but I don't know, like bills, maybe if they just want to like get him and then get a rookie, it's, it's just weird because he got injured last year. I think, I think if we would have saw a little bit from him last year, there would have been more of a market, but just cause that injury, Sure. no one knows like, sure. like they're not going to invest in something they don't know the huge question mark. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, he could be a best ball guy on the Colts next year. Uh, maybe that's about it. I don't think he's going to be a redraft guy at all. I don't think we'll be talking about him much next year. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: I agree. And I, and that's what I mentioned. I said that he, you know, he's kind of, he's still 25, 26. I mean, he's, he's reaching his prime if he can stay healthy and he'll probably be fine. I just don't think, um, he's not a speedster. He's huge, uh, which we know, you know, that can, that can be helpful, but it's just gotta be the right fit. I think the bills, I didn't, wasn't thinking about it, but the bills would be a nice move. Cause again, all the receivers are sub six. So they can get somebody six, four. Uh, I think that would help tremendously. So that could be a, a good range there. Uh, two more players here quick. Um, not a lot of, uh, You know, fantasy input for these guys, but I want to mention them really quick because, again, they've been somewhat fantasy relevant. and could be uh, not dynasty so much, but definitely um, deeper options there. Uh, The first one is Philip Dorsett, 29 catches, 397 through the air and five touchdowns. He'll be 27. Uh, The Patriots are hurting for receiver, and Dorsett knows the system already. Um, He was a free agent last year also coming into 2019, and the Patriots stuck with him. Uh, Unless they find a steady option somewhere else at free agency, I think that will bring him back, especially if Brady stays uh, because they already have that rapport. Um, Not much to talk about Philip Dorsett, but do you think if he can find the right spot, uh, he's shown a little bit of promise. um, Do you think he'd be, you know, a fantasy-ish spot? And do you think anywhere outside of New England uh, that he might fit?
0: Um, Yes to the first question, as in he can kind of be what he has been, just kind of a weekly here and there, hoping for 30 yards and a touchdown. Patriots I think but I could see if he does go if Brady goes to the Raiders I could see him following him there. Sure. Um, Something like that maybe the Niners because that's kind of like the Kendrick Bourne type receiver they sort of have like he's a good receiver but he's not good enough to ever be a full-time receiver. Um, I don't know I like the Colts because he used to play on the Colts right? Yeah. Yeah okay So, so I guess yeah I like that but I don't know. I mean, I think I'd rather have him than Devin Funchess if I have to compare for like NFL teams, obviously, and fantasy wise, but it's kind of all the same. Uh, one, One of these guys, I will say, they will become fantasy relevant, I bet. I haven't really like dove into past free agency numbers or anything, but I bet you one of them will have fantasy value. It'll just be kind of a cycle of hit or misses on all of them for sure.
1: I guarantee you multiple guys. I mean, we have a big list in front of us here that we're not even, I I might just read off all of their names just to let you know all the receivers that are free agents. But I mean, I'm looking at 20 names. We're not going to cover right now for sake of uh, time. And I, I almost guarantee you that 10 of them, uh, I mean, Rashad Perryman, dude, right. Um, There's people that, that make it, fantasy relevant at the playoffs when guys are getting hurt whatever it's taken devonte parker four or five years to become relevant i mean yeah. they just they just need that uh, they need that option and and uh, not everyone are going to make it of course but sometimes you hit the right um coaching you hit the right quarterback scheme get a couple breaks uh, as far as the roster goes and, and things fall into place so um Let's talk about one name here and we'll get out of here um, and get into the tight ends next episode. Uh, next one up, Danny Amendola, 62 catches, 648 yards, a touchdown. He'll be 34. Um, we've seen the Damian Amendola uh, express for many, many years. Um, the Rams, uh, the Patriots, Miami, uh, the Lions, the um, Lions. Not crazy for fantasy, but he's a great kind of wide receiver five uh, that you can play in bye weeks and whatnot, and he's a good PPR dude, especially if uh, he remains in Detroit and Stafford comes back healthy. Um, Amendola is somewhat of a resurgence in 2019 with Detroit. Uh, injuries to Marvin Jones, Theo Riddick, Kerryon Johnson, and Matt Stafford help propel Amendola to relevance for the Lions. David Blau. Uh, was the check down machine. And once he took over for the Lions and Amadola had his most targets, 97 since 2012, most receptions, 62 since 2015, and most receiving yards, 678 since 2010, and just 12 uh, receiving yards off of his career high. Um, He did have just one touchdown, but that, you know, he's not really known for his touchdowns uh, as we see, you know, Uh, Julian Edelman has been very relevant in fantasy for years, and he uh, very rarely has more than five touchdowns. So it's all about that PPR machine numbers there. Um, And of course, uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, uh, who actually led the NFL with 11 touchdowns, are the prime targets there. Uh, The Lions already have, uh, they've already kind of tried to secure Amadola for 2020. Um, It makes sense with uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay stretching the field to have that middle route, um, which is his specialty, and then, of course, a healthy Stafford and carry on Johnson returning, help the overall offense there with Detroit. Amidou is worth a late-round flyer in deeper PPR leagues for sure, but I wouldn't expect much. Um, I'd rather have Cole Beasley, Randall Cobb, Larry Fitz, a handful of other guys for my PPR positions. However, I want to just throw his name in the hat. Um, if you're out in dynasty leagues, he's probably on your bench even. Uh, potentially, your guys are going to cut him as the rookies get drafted. He's the type of guy to get cut potentially who, if you're in a you know a 20- A twenty bench roster in dynasty leagues, I would definitely scoop up Amendola just in case, have him for bye weeks, whatnot. Um, Any quick words on uh, Danny Amendola, whether he stays or leaves Detroit?
0: Um, I think he's going to follow Tom Brady um, wherever Hmm. that may be. I just kind of, I don't know. The old reunion, yeah, something like that. But I like what you said, kind of about the whole dynasty or deeper bench. Or he was a good like start here and there like it's not that he was like no matter where he goes it's going to be like that though just because every team needs a guy like that so like we said one of these guys gonna have fantasy value he could definitely have that um that's not we're not saying like every single week go play him but keep him on your waivers or in deep deeper leagues keep him on your bench just keep checking like the matchups and slot points allowed and stuff like that but i think he follows Brady um to end his career
1: Cool. I like that. Of course, they had some magic um, in uh, in New England there, of course. All right. Uh, while we rally out this episode here really quick, I'm just going to buzz off a shit ton of names to uh, give you all a heads up on who the other free agent receivers are. Not all these guys are going to re- be relevant, of course. However, a chunk of them. Could. So again, dynasty leagues, deeper benches. Um, these are guys you can pick up off of waivers right now while you're listening and just grab just to see how the, the free agency and then the draft shakes out because some of these guys could definitely be relevant and could be free for you right now. Um, I'm going to name off the first chunk here, uh, Lucas. Um, and if you have the spreadsheet stacked up, you can do the second half. If not, then I'll go ahead and knock them out. Uh, The first chunk here are guys that are – we're not going to go through their bios and all that stuff, but these are guys that are definitely potentially fantasy relevant. So um, jot these guys down if you can and look for them on your rosters. Uh, No particular order, Geronimo Allison, Alan Lazard, Chester Rogers, Robert Foster, Dontrell Inman, Seth Roberts, Tim Patrick, Laquan Treadwell still around, David Moore, and my boy Kendrick Bourne. Those are guys that all had uh, significance in 2019 and could potentially – find another uh, option depending on where they land if they stay with their team or go elsewhere and get a better uh, option there in 2020. Um, Lucas do you have everything up so you can rally off the next handful of names?
0: Yes sir I'm going to read through the washed up category here (laughs) so we got Chris Hogan to start one one year fantasy wonder I remember when he had like a sixth round ADP two years ago good times Cody Latimer Uh, Yeah, you can do your own assessment on him. Corey Coleman, first-round pick right there from the Baylor Bears. Demir Bird, DeAndre Carter, Demarcus Robinson, Demarius Thomas, my boy right there. Deontay Spencer, uh, CFL guy for the Broncos last year. Isaiah McKenzie, JD McKissick, or Smooches, if you listen to the footballer. Footballers don't know why. Jordan Matthews, he'll probably pop up on some team next year. The one and only Josh Gordon, who people will spend half their fab for just for him to get suspended yet again. Keelan Doss, Marcus Johnson, Rashad Higgins, Tajay Sharp, Tavon Austin, and Travis Benjamin. Matt washes all those guys out.
1: Two things here really quick on J.D. McKissick. First of all, the smooches is because of McKissick, of course. Um, and then secondly, I can't believe that he's actually marked down as a receiver. Uh, if you have ever watched Seahawks a Seahawks game guy. or Lions, he is a running back, but uh, they put him in the receiver category. Um The bottom half that Lucas just read off, I agree, not a lot of fantasy relevance necessarily. However, again, there are a couple names in there. Cody Cody Latimer, um, Corey Coleman, I think. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, for sure. We saw that already with the Chiefs. Um, uh, Let's see here. Uh, Keelan Doss was another one. Uh, Rashard Higgins, if he ever gets going. Marcus Johnson. um, Tajay Sharp. Some of those guys have shown bits and pieces of promise. If they get Mm -hmm. another start, that might work out. But the top half, uh, they're also Might help you. So it's a lot of receivers there. I know it's a lot of names. Um, Make sure uh, you tune into our uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. I'll be doing bios on everybody, posting up pictures and uh, breaking those notes down a little bit so you can have those. And uh, before we get out of here for this episode, please make sure to dial back, check into our uh, new YouTube channel. If you're listening all the way to the end of the podcast here, we cut the YouTube a little bit ago, but go back to our YouTube channel. Make sure you please subscribe, share with the friends and family and leave a comment for us. Let us know how you're feeling about the YouTube channel so far? And of course, if you're not already, please subscribe and leave a rate and review to the podcast. Lucas, anything else before we get out of here?
0: Nope. go Broncos. I was trying to think of something clever to say, but
1: go Broncos. Yeah, well, we got it. We got a long ways here, but if the Broncos can get rid of uh, Joe Flacco, I think you're in the uh, you're in the right category there. So I'm, I'm wishing it's you luck. It's Lock
0: season. We're well past Joe Flacco season.
1: All right. Well, uh, don't forget to uh, grab your uh, Nick Mullins jerseys as well, folks. We'll catch you next time on the TCK pod. That'll do it for this episode. If you've gained any value, please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and leave a rate and review for both. Also, give us a like and follow on our social media, visit our ever-evolving website, and don't be afraid to shoot us a DM so that we can help you one-on-one. You can find all those links in the description. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Caser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com
1: and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.